Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, March 2nd. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. GDC has been delayed to the ambiguous late summer. The Final Fantasy VII Remake demo is available now on PlayStation 4. Death Stranding PC has a release date and it includes a number of Half-Life bonuses. And The Witcher Season 2 on Netflix has cast its Vesemir that's not Mark Hamill. 2020's annual Game Developers Conference has officially been postponed. The event was originally supposed to take place between March 16th and March 20th, but GDC's organizers released the following statement late last week. After close consultation with our partners in the game development industry and community around the world, we've made the difficult decision to postpone the Game Developers Conference's March. Having spent the past year preparing for the show with our advisory boards, speakers, exhibitors, and event partners, we're genuinely upset and disappointed not to be able to host you at this time. We want to thank all our customers and partners for their support, open discussions, and encouragement. As everyone has been reminding us, great things happen when the community comes together and connects to GDC. For this reason, we fully intend to host a GDC event later in the summer. We will be working with our partners to finalize the details and we'll share more information about our plans in the coming weeks. So the statement does not specifically call out fear surrounding the coronavirus, but it's clear that fear surrounding the proliferation of the disease is a factor. A number of publishers and developers had already pulled out of GDC before this statement was released. It's unclear exactly what the new date for GDC will be outside of later this summer, but refunds are available for everyone that had already paid to attend. Unfortunately, those refunds do not extend to flights for the most part, so a lot of people are coming out of pocket for having bought uh, plane tickets to come to the show, which which is a bummer and is disappointing. PAX has already concluded by this time, but was affected by coronavirus fears with big publishers like Sony backing out of the show due to health concerns. The next big show everyone is concerned about potentially being delayed or canceled is E3. My good buddy, Brian Shea, over at Game Informer, reached out to the ESA for a statement about its intentions related to the annual show and the coronavirus, and they gave Game Informer the following statement. Everyone is watching the situation very closely. We will continue to be vigilant, as our first priority is the health, wellness, and safety of all our exhibitors and attendees. Given what we know at this time, we are moving ahead full speed with E3 2020 planning. Exhibit and registration sales are on track for an exciting show in June. Obviously, the coronavirus is having a profound effect on the world and plans surrounding travel and safety. So hopefully it will all be contained soon and things can get back to normal. The Final Fantasy VII Remake Demo is now available exclusively on PSN right now. The Final Fantasy VII Remake demo leaked a few weeks ago, 
but now the thing is real and officially playable on your PlayStation 4. According to the demo's description on the PlayStation Store, it covers the first chapter of the original game where Cloud and his new friends bomb the Mako Reactor. It's worth noting that downloading and playing the demo gives you access to an exclusive Final Fantasy VII Remake PS4 theme, which will be available on April 10th, as long as you download the demo before May 11th, 2020. The easiest way to remember that date is that you will want to download it the day before my sister's birthday, or if it's even easier to remember, grab it from the store at least two days before Piccolo Day, which we all know is May 13th. The description also has two important qualifiers. Content in the demo may differ from the final retail version, and progress made in the demo will not carry over to the final game, which is disappointing. Square Enix is under no obligation to let the save file move forward. It's not an assumed thing when it comes to game demos at this point, but I love when it's an option. I like checking out demos like this, but when Final Fantasy VII Remake actually releases, I'm going to be bummed that I will have to play through that whole section again. I am super thankful that this demo exists, and by the time this podcast is on the internet, you can actually go and find an archive where I streamed it for an hour on Twitch. I played through the whole thing. My my handle is uh, Kyle Impersonator. But I have to admit, I'm a little surprised that the demo exists at all. I think Square Enix basically committed millions of people to buying it just by announcing it was working on it. I don't think a demo will necessarily change anyone's mind, but I'm, I'm really, I'm not complaining, I promise Maybe outside of Square just wanting to let people get their hands on it a bit after waiting for so many years for its release. They they just want to set some expectations for how different it's going to be for the original game. So, you know, maybe the people that download it, the super fans won't be blindsided by the changes when they take home the full game. Maybe that's the intention of the demo. I'm not really sure. By the way, just uh, some quick impressions for the demo. I, I really liked it. I wasn't pessimistic about the game by any means. It looks great in all the trailers, and people that I trust that have played the remake have all had really nice things to say about it. But even with high expectations going in, I really got into the combat. It really feels like an action game, but there is enough opportunity to pause things and slow everything down that there is still a lot of room for tactical decisions, which is nice. And it's also fluid, moving into combat and out of combat scenarios. It really feels, at least in the demo, like a very smart middle ground between Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts' combat. And I like the combat in both of those games, so my excitement for Final Fantasy VII Remake has only grown since playing the demo. And I, I really don't have any nostalgia for the original game. I missed it when it first came out, and every time I've tried to go back and play it to make sure I've filled in that important blind spot in my gaming knowledge, it has always been a struggle. About the farthest I've ever gotten was partway through Disc 2 when the game became playable on Vita for the first time. Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming to PlayStation 4 on April 10th. Death Stranding is coming to PC on June 2nd. Death Stranding's PC publishing partner, 505 Games, announced recently that Death Stranding will be coming to Steam and Epic Game Store on June 2nd. We've known the game was coming to PC for some time, but now we know the actual date. The PC version of the game will include a photo mode, the option to play the game at a higher frame rate, and ultra-widescreen support. It will also come with a bunch of cosmetic stuff like gold-colored sunglasses and hats. The PC release will also have some crossover with Half-Life, which is unexpected but very cool. The trailer for the PC release date shows Sam, 
the uh, protagonist from Death Stranding. It shows Sam wearing the equipment Alex Vance wears on her hands in the upcoming Half-Life Alex. It also shows him with a valve on the back of his head, like the spooky guy that appears with Valve's logo at the start of most of its games. And and then it, the trailer ends actually with Sam mugging in the mirror with a with a head crab on top of his head. My assumption was that the Half-Life stuff would only be for the Steam version of the game, but I reached out to 505 Games and they confirmed to me that the Half-Life content will also be available for the Epic Game Store version of the game, which is pretty wild and honestly unexpected. 505 Games has had a really good run lately after being considered more of a smaller publisher in the past. Last year, it released Indivisible, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, and Control from Remedy Games, which won a number of Game of the Year awards. And it is starting out 2020 pretty strong by putting its weight behind Death Stranding on PC. 505 Games is its definitely a, a publisher worth keeping an eye on. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Netflix casts Vesemir for The Witcher's second season. Vesemir, Geralt's teacher and arguably father figure, will appear in the second season of Netflix's Witcher adaptation, and he will be played by Kim Bodnia. Bodnia is a Danish actor whose most notable American role is that of Constantine on the BBC America show Killing Eve. Bodnia's casting was announced via a press release from Netflix, and it may come as a disappointment to the internet that was valiantly campaigning for the role to go to Star Wars' Mark Hamill. Back on Christmas Eve of last year, replying to a tweet from IGN that was quoting Hamill saying, I have no idea what this is or what it's about, but agree it could slash should be played by me. Hamill reiterated saying, I still have no idea what this is or what it's about, but I do know they haven't ever asked me to play Vesemir yet. Hashtag call my agent. That tweet was all well and good, but then Lauren S. Hisrich at L. Hisrich on Twitter the Witcher's showrunner for Netflix replied to that tweet, and it was just a, an emoji of a pair of eyeballs. Who knows if any real conversations ever really happened between Mark Hamill, Netflix, and his rich, but whatever happened, if anything even did happen, it looks like Kim Bodnia won out in the end, and I am sure he will make a great Vesemir. Even if the first season of The Witcher was a disappointment for you, it's really hard to argue with the casting. Beth Elrican reported on the announcement for Gizmodo and shared a quote from Hisrich where she said, I have admired 
Bodnia's unique talents in shows like Killing Eve and The Bridge and cannot wait for him to bring strength, tenacity, and warmth to the character of Vesemir, who is such an integral part of the upcoming season. The quote is a typical press release platitudes kind of quote, but I think it's interesting that she says that Vesemir will be an integral part of the new season. I have a... I guess, I guess you could say I have a difficult relationship with The Witcher and that I just I just cannot get into that game. I am currently on my third attempt to play it on Switch. And it's it's not going well considering all the Picross that, I, uh, that I'm apparently legally required to play. But uh, I enjoyed the show enough to be excited for season two. Platinum's Hideki Kamiya explains why Wonderful 101 Remastered may not be coming to Xbox One. Gamatsu's Sal Romano recently had the chance to talk to Platinum Games' Hideki Kamiya, the director of the Wonderful 101, about the successful Kickstarter campaign to bring the Wii U game to the Switch and other platforms. The Kickstarter's main goal was to bring the game to Switch, but it also had stretch goals to bring it to Steam and PS4, which it did manage to hit. There was talk of a plan to bring it to Xbox One at one time as well, but the platform is notably absent from the stretch goals list. Romano asked Kamiya about this, and Kamiya had an interesting response and explained what happened by saying, That's very true, and we did plan and want to release on Xbox One. But the fact of the matter was that the original engine for the game and the engine for the Xbox One are very different, and it's not easy to port like the other systems. So as a result of that, unfortunately and regrettably, we had to relinquish the Xbox One release. Romano followed up by asking if this rules out the potential of an Xbox One release in the future entirely, and Kamiya said, it's just a very costly thing to do, and we don't have the ability to do it in-house. I don't want to say it will never happen. If the right things come together and we get enough money, it might be possible, but it's just an expensive thing to do. We did want to do it. It's purely for that reason that we couldn't. So that's obviously a bummer for Xbox One owners and and for people like me who I generally prefer the Xbox One just because the cloud saves are a lot easier to manage and deal with. Platinum fans will just have to make do with Vanquish and Bayonetta on Xbox One for the time being, which is good because I would argue, in terms of Platinum's library of games, those are probably better releases. The infamous photo of the guy taped to the ceiling to play Counter-Strike at a LAN party is getting a full documentary. There's a photo that you have probably seen if you've spent any time on any corner of the internet that is obsessed with gaming of a Counter-Strike LAN party where there are a number of computers and players all connected to play Counter-Strike, but there is one guy floating above everyone else who is taped to the ceiling with duct tape. Apparently, that duct taped guy is named Drew Purvis, and a documentary film on the way titled Internet Legends colon Duct Taped Gamer is on the way about the infamous photo. Here's the official description of the film according to the official website. Internet Legends Duct Taped Gamer is the true story behind one of the internet's most famous photos, a pixelated image of a gamer duct taped to the ceiling at a LAN party. The documentary film takes us back to a moment in time, March 29th, 2003, in a basement in Mason, Michigan. You'll meet the friends involved in this prank and learn more about the photo's history and mystery. There's also a trailer for the film, but it doesn't offer a release date or talk about how the film will be distributed or anything like that. 
Personally, I'm a fan of these kinds of exploratory deep dives into weird, unexplained internet memes. I'm sure the reveal of the mystery of how this weird photo came to exist will be incredibly underwhelming and make the photo ultimately disappointing, but I look forward to finding the photo to be less interesting in the future. That's it for gaming news today. I have neglected my Mega Man Zero responsibilities in favor of my One Punch Man responsibilities, which I'm making good progress on. You can keep an eye out for that review soon. I'm also still playing a little PictoQuest, which is still fantastic, and I learned the other day that PictoQuest is also on iPhone, and I was very tempted to double dip on the game, but I decided not to because for whatever reason, I just, I never like Picross on a phone or on a full touchscreen. I think I just need a few buttons to play Picross comfortably. Even when I played Picross on DS and 3DS, I still wanted a few buttons just because it makes everything quicker and easier. And I, when that's not there on the iPhone, it, it, it makes me enjoy Picross less. Thanks for listening today. Feel free to send me tweets or DMs with feedback and corrections to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I play random stuff three times a week. Or you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.